This is Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say, on the air. Tuning you into the Latino literary renaissance in all its splendor. Interviews, teatro, rap, fiction, poetry, memorias, composer spotlights, and more. Always mas. Welcome to the fiesta. This is the 10th anniversary of the Libro Tapicante Caravan. Uh, oh, yes, we have some applause beginning. We're in the back of the room. In the back of the room. And uh, my name is Tony Diaz, the Libro Tapicante. I just kind of want to give you an overview of what we're going to do. But again, this is not the um, you know, Democratic Party convention or the uh, bank, corporate bank convention. This is a community event, so expect noise, kids, and surprises, okay? But we do have a few goals in mind, so I want to give you the, the overview. Um, this is a multi-platform broadcast, too, but we're also on 90.1 FM KPFT Houston, Texas, which is your community station where our radio show began. We're also on fox26houston.com. That's one way that we'll be hitting the community this time around because 10 years ago when we did this, people were not as prevalent on social media, right? Um, to give you an idea of the overview, I do want to tell you who we'll be talking to, who will be coming up, why we're doing this. I got to remind you, we're here because 10 years ago, Right-wing Republicans in Arizona banned Mexican-American studies. If you didn't hear about this, I want you to ask yourself, why was the erasure of our history and culture erased? And guess what? I thought we were just going to have a birthday party, really. I thought it was going to be Jose Aranda, Dr. Comer, <laughs> Brian Parras, uh, Sixto, a few of us having a few adult beverages, some food, reminiscing. Well, guess what? Folks are at it again. Ten years ago, there were people that were trying to intimidate teachers, community members, and students. They were boxing up books. They were banning books. They were bullying our community members. Turns out, we're just in time because we're expert at this. Because 10 years ago, when Arizona officials banned our history and culture, we came together as a community. We joined our brothers and sisters in Tucson, Arizona, because they're the heroes. They're the teachers that created the, yes. they're the heroes. <laughs> they're the scholars that created that brilliant program. They're the community members that came together. They're the students that for six years had changed the dropout rate. There were double-digit dropout rates. That's criminal. It was the same back then. Once they implemented culturally relevant studies, just like we know happens, they prospered. They went to a 98% graduation rate. What did, what did Arizona officials do? They banned it. But the students stood up. They went to 
School board meetings, they protested. Does that sound familiar? That's happening now again too, right? And they told the world. So today we're going to introduce you to some of the co-founders of the Libre Traficante movement. Uh, I, I want to name them. I'm gonna, so I'm going to name a bunch of folks first. Folks are going to come up, talk a little bit. We're going to keep it short, though. Right around 2.50-ish, we'll wrap that up because we have a cake. <laughs> Gracias to las señoras at the H-E-B who made nuestra torta, you know? And they're awesome because they have to keep calling me. Señor, ¿qué es un libro traficante? Digo, bueno. Qué bueno que te le puedo explicar, no? And they were fascinated by the cake, which is awesome. But the message is our people, our people everywhere. So we have cake, we have some beverages, we're going to meet, again, the co-founders of the Libre Traficante Movement. And they, they've been resting for the 10 years. So they've been just like chilling out like, hey, you know, we're done smuggling books. No, they've been working. You're going to meet them again. Good news, too. Our family's getting bigger and bigger. You're going to meet the folks that run our multimedia platforms. Okay, now here's the best thing. Some of these folks have never met any of y'all in person because of the because the COVID-19 shutdown. So we've got volunteers <laughs> that have been working with us for two years that have no idea what you look like, okay? Uh, and they've been dying to meet the rest of the familia. You'll meet them. Also, you'll meet our board members, some of our board members right now. Uh, of course, there's Jose Aranda, Carmina Porto Sardias. You're gonna meet them formally in a little bit. Uh, they keep the organization going. And then the Caravanistas, 10 years ago. These folks were here at Casa Ramirez, and they jumped on the bus, and they gave their spring break to us. Let's be real. You know? It was fun liberating the Southwest, okay? It was a blast. But those folks gave it their time, their energy. We don't pay folks. We pay you compliments, right? Uh, <laughs> you know? But they jumped on this bus, and we went on a six-city tour. We started four underground libraries. And let's get something straight. We united with the community. It's not us. We are happy to be the ambassadors of the community because our gente, our gente son poderosos. Our community is proud and strong and we're on the right side of history and they united. You're gonna meet some of the caravanistas who are in this very room, but our movement is even bigger than that because now you're gonna meet some of the community representatives. Of course, uh, the tip of the pyramid is the Libre Traficante movement. That's fun. It's exciting. But that's only possible because of the base of community cultural capital, which is Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say, which turns 24 this year, 25 next year. We now have a chapter in every Houston City Council district. Some of those folks are here today. Likewise, they've all been doing this on social media, so they haven't met some of the family in person. On top of it, more good news. Again, we haven't just been chilling out, although I've been reading books and writing books. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Yeah. The movement has been growing. So today, you're gonna meet the extended family of Nuestra Palabra. We are the fiscal sponsors. Google that, okay? <laughs> Google what that means. That means they're familia, okay? That means they're familia. But guess what? The BIPOC Arts Network Fund. You're going to meet the director, Sixto Wagan, who's right here. Give him, give him an applause. 
they are putting into the community, to community art on community terms, they will be spending, investing $12.5 million on community art. Y'all crowding him now, right? Y'all crowding him now. They're like, they're like, let me see. The first round just came out. $2 million was invested. We're proud to have been the umbrella group for 11 of those organizations. Some of those groups are here. We're going to have an ATM party. <laughs> okay. So you're going to meet them. We're giving their ATM card. I do want to give a shout out to a couple for different reasons. You're going to see why. This next chapter of the Libertafikanta movement. Yo, we've always been plural. We're all about plurality. I didn't know we had to tell you that straightforward. But now, they're not just going after our community. They're going after everybody. So we're going to be blatantly BIPOC. So in the room is the BIPOC Book Festival, who we're working with. But in case you're confused, we want to say that out loud. Their book festival, the BIPOC Book Festival, is coming up in April. Y'all part of it. You're not invited. Y'all part of it. <laughs> You're all part of it. Uh, also, Conversando a Través Poesia is in the room. They're one of the umbrella groups as well. They'll be getting their ATM card. But they're using that money to organize the Hispanic Book Festival, which is books all in Spanish. Yes. Okay? Okay. And in a little bit, we're waiting to hear also from uh, State Representative Cristina Morales. She put a bill on the table this last legislative session. House Bill 1504 came this close to passing. It made history for the first ethnic studies bill in Texas to pass the Texas House of Representatives. It will make, didn't pass this time. I don't want to get into it. Why? Oh, you'll find out why. Uh, it didn't make it all the way through this time. When that passes, that's going to pass the next legislative session. That's going to pass. It will make Mexican-American history and African-American history count for high school graduation in Texas, okay? Yeah. So, so that's just a little bit of an overview. And then, of course, we've got a bunch of poets and writers in the room. So right, right around, you know, around 250-ish, 3-ish, we're going to start flowing mingling, throwing down some poetry, very, very, very bannable material, okay, so <laughs> then you can enjoy that, uh, and then, and then you're also going to get a chance to mingle, because this is what this is, this is a movement, right, I mean, they want to desanimarnos, mm -hmm. they want to make it seem like we, we are not united, we've been united, we know that on the ground, we got to tell you, oh, we're coming. And it's as simple as that. It's going to be a protest or a party. <laughs> your choice. It's your choice. It's your call. We're really good at both. Okay. <laughs> so um, I do want to bring up then, uh, I do want to bring up the co-founders of the Libertaficante. They'll sit with us and they're going to introduce. All of you share a little program with you right there, please. Um, and uh, so I'm going to call up the co-founders of the Libertaficante movement, uh, Brian Parras. Diana Lopez, Mr. Mendez. I want to come up here for Rosita. Woo! Also,
also not here with us in person is Laura Rasso. But here's what happened. We don't all meet in the same place at once, you know, just in case, you know. Lusar, <laughs> <laughs> just in case. So we have plan A's and plan B's and plan C's and Lauda part of the plan B. Exactly, exactly. The other thing I want to say is they're going to introduce some of the different segments throughout the, the, the show. I guess it's a show, we'll call it a show, but why not? And I do just want to give you a sneak preview. We, we ain't just been chilling out, okay? Then tell me. Texas Poet Laureate! They weren't just chilling out. Besides getting awards for their environmental activism, you know, we're all about books and poetry. I hear a lot of people like movies. Is that true? People like movies, right? Yeah. Those take too long. Take too long. <laughs> They were in a documentary that had reviewed internationally. Yeah. Uh, congratulations. Yeah. And, and also, Laura Costa, national level education consultant. Uh, again, she's not here now, but they're one of the founders. But get used to seeing all of us, because the, the other thing I would say, we're going to bring up uh, Sixto to talk a little bit about the BIPOC Arts Network Fund in a second. But here's what we want you to get used to. We did something one way 10 years ago, and it worked. My theory is that book banners studied that. They studied the success of our book. And again, this is not corporate English. When we say our, we mean all of you. We mean our community. Las señoras who, who were the bakers for our cake. I mean, we mean, we mean all of us. The success of our movement was studied by these book banners. The success of the ethnic studies movement. You know what didn't make news? California passed a bill requiring ethnic studies to graduate from high school, right? That did not make news because of this other nonsense that's going on right now, right? So we're going to be traveling across, but we're upping our game. So not just caravans, social media. So I want to remind folks right now, uh, please do get your phones out. You know, in the old days, if someone was talking and you're on your phone, that was an insult. Now, <laughs> if someone's talking and you're not on your phone, it's insulting because we ain't said anything we're posting. So, <laughs> so, uh, so we have a social, so we're on multimedia platforms right now. So right now, we are on Facebook Live. So please go to Facebook. Uh, I'm sorry, the Facebook page for LibertaPicante.com. But every week, we bring you the Nuestra Palabra shows on social media. On 90.1 FM, KPFT, Houston's Community Station. Liana's going to introduce our multi-platform shows in a little bit, but I got to call Rodrigo Bravo. He is our audio engineer for the radio side. <laughs> he makes us sound amazing. Also, Roxana Guzman is working with. She's never met any of y'all in person, so, you know, make it a, treat, treat her nice when she gets here. She, she's trying to get her way in here. But this is what we'll be doing now is social media. And last time, we just did one caravan. And then we did it again in 2017. No, we're going to be doing caravans. Again, I told you, we got chapters in throughout Houston and every city, city council district, throughout Texas, every state of the union, all year long, and into our 25th anniversary of Nuestra Palabra next year. And here's what's going to happen. 25th anniversary of Nuestra Palabra. We're going to convene again in some city 
every city will be tuning in this way. You will be used to hearing every week poetas from Tucson, Denver, Houston, Albuquerque, Miami, Los Angeles, Nueva York, Chicago, every single week through these means. And we're going to be united from one side of the country to the other. I'm going to throw it to Lupe, then we're going to throw it to Sixto. But you know why? Because now we've hacked their game. I'm going to depress you. Lupe's going to fight your lots up. <laughs> and Sixto's going to come and say a few words. But let me depress you. Let me depress you. We've hacked the system. Ten years ago, they banned our history and culture. 500 years ago. We're marking the Mexica New Year today. 500 years ago, Spanish pirates came to Abiyala, stole the land, and the Mexicas handed over governance of the land and the people. And guess what those pirates did? They burned our books and they burned our libraries. So this is going on a recurring basis. Here's the difference. We figured that out. We're planning a movement and everybody wins. We're not here to conquer anyone. We're not here to rule anything. We're here to make sure everyone shares their voice and then everybody wins. That's what America is about. Texas Poet Laureate, for favor. Um, buenas tardes, is it tardes? Yes, it's tardes. Um, hopefully, hoping that you're all having a great Saturday afternoon. So the, as Tony begins with the idea that we have work to do, we can also discuss and celebrate the work that's been done. 10 years ago, prior to today, we spent many a late evening, lots of extra tacos, <laughs> and a dry erase board or chalkboard, <laughs> just like the one behind you. <laughs> just like that. Yeah, just like that. Where we taped, uh, computed, saved on files. Back then we used, what did we use? Dropbox <laughs> to begin and organize the original caravan. When, when we figured out that that was going to be the thing to do, I've always been in awe of the fact that as organizing things, we never, like, we take a breath. We take the, oh, we're doing that now. And then it's the, okay, let's go. But it's never a, no, we don't. How, what? What? It's never a, we can't. It's, okay, let's figure it out and move it. Five, I, the, the 10 years ago, it took all of the things that we did before. All the showcases, all the radio show, all the okay. book festivals, all of the things that we put together to basically put together a multi-city book thing. <laughs> the reality of this is, though it was a mon monumental slash political slash lucha slash thing, at the very base level of everything that we did, it was a bunch of book nerds taking a bunch of books <laughs> to a bunch of mad kids. book nerds. Like we were mad book nerds. Like when we crossed the line into Arizona, we were like, "Yeah, wait a minute. What did we just? Are we? What are we? It's the books, and it's let's take these books and put them in nice wrappings, 
and give them to the kids. Um, I say that because this is the one piece that constantly sticks with me. When we say divide and conquer to, to do the things we need to do, um, part of the work was, and we made the conscious decision as a group. Uh, it was 25 plus individuals that got on the bus and the one rented car and <laughs> traveled the six cities that we traveled to. Um, and the, the element that stuck out the most was we made the conscious decision that a group of us would go to hand books to the students who were in uh, the, the mosque classes um, at the community center um, and the, the spaces so that we could have conversation with them. But we also elected that because of the fact that we had about close to 21,000 books on our person, like in the bottom of the bus, illegally. we had to, <laughs> illegally, um, we needed to orchestrate and, and organize those said books. So a small group of us stayed behind to wrap the books up in bundles and to give them to kids. And the part that sticks out for me the most was while one of it was going on, that was the community talk that was happening with, with students there in Tucson, the small group of us that stayed behind to wrap these books up, several students that morning came in, saw the books, grabbed whatever book that was they last read. And one of the girls grabbed her book, said, this was the book I was reading the last time when we were in class before I got taken out of my hand. Mm. Grabs the book, sits in the corner of the Juan de la Youth Center under one light and picks up on, I believe she said, I was almost finished with the book when they took it. And she sat and she read the rest of the book. And then she came back and she put it on the stack. And we were like, no, 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 keep it. It's yours. And she's like, no, I want to make sure that that book gets to somebody else who could use it. And she walked off. We didn't get a name. We didn't get any info. What we did, though, was we gave her a bunch of the other books that were in another stack. And she was like, thanks. I'll read these ones. Thanks. And then she took off. And somebody was like, wait, no, don't leave with the books. And we were like, yeah, what do we do if they just start taking the book? And we just decided, well, to hell with it. Um, <laughs> that's what this is for. Like, that was the work. Like, we had all these massive plans. But at the core end of the day, we did the job. Like. We did what we, we needed to do with that level. So to say all of that is uh, this massive thing that became this movement is also at its core just giving, point blank, punto final. Like if, if, if we forget all these other things, let that be at the core of what we do on the everyday and what we've done every day after that. Uh, to all of the Libertraficantes that are with us today, uh, to all the caravanistas that were traveled with us, thank you so much for your effort and your energy and your sacrifice. And it's so good to see your faces because it has been a damn long time. Um, for those of you that joined on the second caravan, thank you for your service and your care uh, because all of this movimiento keeps going. And that to say, for you who are sitting in the social medias for the next caravan, maybe it's your turn. That's right. poem. I'm going to pull one real quick. I'm actually going to borrow one from Juan Felipe Herrera. Uh, he is, uh, has been, has served as a national poet laureate um, previously. In the years after the caravan, 
we uh, have had to organize, uh, most especially after a certain individual was elected, um, we gave voice and resistance to uh, that election. Uh, and so I started off that particular event with this poem. Let us gather in a flourishing way by Juan Felipe Herrera. Let us gather in a flourishing way when sun roofs grains abriendo los cantos que cargamos cada día en el young pasto nuestro cuerpo para regalar y dar luz perlas, pearls of corn, flowering árboles de vida de los cuatro esquinas. Let us gather in a flourishing way, contentos llenos de fuerza to vida, giving nacimientos to fragrant rios dulces, frescos, verdes, turquoise, strong carne de nuestros hijos, rainbows. Let us gather in a flourishing way. In la luz y en la carne of our hearts to, to, to tail, to toil tranquilos in fields of blossoms juntos, to stretch los brazos tranquilos with the rain in la mañana temprana, estrella on our forehead, cielo de calor and wisdom to meet us where we toil in the garden of our struggle and joy. Let us offer our hearts a salud, our águila rising freedom, a celebrar woven brazos, branches, ramas, piedras, nopales, plumajes, plumas, piercing, bursting figs, and aguacates, ripe mariposa fields, and mares claros of our face, to breathe todos en el camino, Blessing seeds to give, to grow, maestlan en las manos de nuestro amor. Uh, uh, I am going to turn this part over Sixto. Uh, to Sixto. To Sixto. <laughs> <laughs> Great, right after that, thanks. <laughs> uh, to do all the magical things, to have popped off all the things that have just occurred, thank you uh, for all the work uh, with the uh, uh, BIPOC Artist um, Network Fund. Um, and so all the work you do directly impacts all the work we get to do. So thank you so much. Libro Capitante Sixto Sol! So um, thank you. Thank you for allowing me to be here, to be part of the celebration. Thanks for uh, reminding us why we are here. Um, it is through the art, it is through the community, and that we have survived. And uh, it, particularly in this moment, that we can be here after two years of compounded crises, of, of not being able to be with our community, in, in, to be sharing food, to be celebrating, to sing a song, to actually be in grief together as we do. We have been taken, all the things have been taken away for us except for our words, except for our stories, and except for the connections that we have. And so thank you for allowing me to be part of this. And I am grateful and um, with much gratitude to be able to be leading the BIPOC Arts Network and Fund in this moment um, and, and acknowledging the fact that the BIPOC Arts Network and Fund like many of this, only is coming because of crisis. 
we come together in crisis because we are resilient, because we know how to do it. But it is in these moments in which people are asking us to step up and we haven't stepped up. This is the first time in my life where I see even foundations actually step up mm -hmm. and recognize the fact that, that uh, our brown, black, Latino, immigrant communities <coughs> we deserve <coughs> to be recognized at the same levels. That's right. I need to name the fact that Ford Foundation, Houston Endowment, Kinder Foundation, Powell Foundation, Brown Foundation, and Cullen Trust have actually stepped up into this space and given the money to us to then understand how best to steward it for our communities. It is not a Houston Endowment endeavor. It is an endeavor that is actually about us that is led by our community. And it is my, I am really grateful and humbled to be part of this community, but also to have that moment in order to peer, be here, listen to the stories, celebrate how this moment is actually connected to the, the, the generations before us, recognizing the work that has gotten us here and the work that it will continue to get us. Hopefully this money, this $12.4 million is just the start of it. $12.4 million is a lot of money. It will not fix generations of wrong. What will fix generations of wrong are the people in this room, the connections and the relationships. Yeah. They will never be able to take that away from us. Mm -hmm. right. So this money is good. This money is important. It is significant. But this money only is about here how we can actually help each other, learn from each other, learn with each other, and actually be there for each other when we're called to. So I am I am, have much gratitude to continue to be learning from this and be part of the generations and to actually be in this moment and um, recognize that we are celebrating your power. We are celebrating the fact that you have been here, will be here, and with this help, maybe we don't have to do it for free. Mm. Maybe we can actually recognize that our labor, our work, our words are worth more than just this moment and something that and, and, and a party. It's worth something that everybody needs to be able to pay attention to, and that we can make the, the, that we can actually recognize that with each other, and hopefully we can continue to build. Over the next five years, we'll continue to find spaces in order for us to listen and learn, to find ways in order for the BIPOC Arts Network and Fund in order to be able to support our community into their power, recognizing the ways in which you all celebrate your success, that we all celebrate our success, the way that we need to understand how to do our work better, and the way that we can actually speak it out to the foundations, to the policymakers, to other people outside of their communities, and not just the brown and black communities, but to the to our ongoing patrons and to our larger institutions who are a part of this community that continue to benefit from our work. We are here, we are loud, <laughs> we are exciting and we will continue to be here. And it is really a, a, a moment for me to actually, like we're celebrating in person y'all. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you, happy anniversary to the future anniversary to uh, Nuestra Palabra and to all of the people. Like, it is not just about these 10 year celebrations. It's about the work that we are celebrating each and every moment. Mm -hmm. It does not have to last 10 years. Mm -hmm. It does not have to last 25 years. We are significant in these moments. How do we continue to build on it?
So thank you all very much. That's fantastic. That's the kind of vision we expect from Houston Tejas. You know, it's all about BIPOC, it's all about arts. But I do want to acknowledge we are at Casa Ramirez. You know, Chrissy Ramirez, she reminded us we had a birthday coming up. <laughs> yeah. It was like a, a big one, too. We're like, oh my gosh, you're right. <laughs> um, she made a donation. She's donated food. She's donated space. Not today. Not last year. Not five years ago. <laughs> Ten years ago. Beyond that. So that that's super important. She's keeping this legacy going. Also, we're in the memory of Macario Ramirez, a mentor of mine and many of us who's no longer with us. Or is he? He's, He's still. Here. Aquí está. Presente. Presente. Macario, presente. And then in a little bit, too, uh, Brian's going to uh, introduce our board members, but also the memoriam, uh, one of the Libre Traficante Caravanistas who, who's no longer with us. Uh, and then, hey, when the phone runs out, <laughs> when we're off social media, too, uh, we're going to still be hanging around eating, have more poems, more poetry, etc. But um, uh, Liana, if you become kind, come up, kind enough to come up and talk about our book fair. Okay. So our caravan turned into this huge thing. Started out as literally Brian finding a, twit, a tweet that said that we were going, that the books were being taken out of classrooms. And Brian said, well, we're going to come and bring you the books. Because the thing that's not mentioned about the caravan is we have been doing these book fairs here in Houston at the George R. Brown Convention Center going on seven years, five years at the time, I think. And we've had people, the biggest book fair that we had was 35,000 people coming to the George R. Brown Convention Center. We're not talking about just things translated into Spanish. We're talking about authentic writing from Latino writers that maybe don't speak Spanish, you know? Um, so one of the things that was amazing was the fact that we were able to have connections, direct connections to these folks because they end up being our friends. We see them every year. They come in, they write books. We, you know, get to know them. We interview them on our shows. And then we bring them in person to our book fairs. And so we built relationships with these people. So we didn't start out the caravan saying, oh, we're going to go save these people. We're just like, oh, they're going to take those books. We know those writers. Let's just get some copies. We'll take them over there and then they'll have their books. And they won't matter whether or not they're in their school system. They'll be somewhere where they can actually get them. Um, and so that's how it started. And then it built into this. 55 plus van, uh, bus caravan with all of these books and all of this support. And it really encouraged us to know that we were fighting for the right thing. And at that time, it was just Latino. I mean, of course, we care about all of our histories, but our voice happens to be that Latino voice or Hispanic voice or whatever, you know, colonialized word you want to use to call it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's our voice. We wanted to make sure that our voices are heard. And really, my, my work here with the Libras Africante, with Nuestra Palabra, is really that's what it's all about. Um, and so one of the things that I really love that sticks with me through the caravan is talking to one of the folks that were one of, uh, Nicholas, who was one of the folks that was a main, who was actually suing one of the, the folks that were on this lawsuit for Tucson Unified School District. Um, to get the MOSS program to stay. 
And at the end, he was like, you know, telling me, you know, I was telling him, you know, some of the troubles we were having. He was like, oh, well, it doesn't matter. You're getting paid to do this anyway. And I'm like, we're getting paid. <laughs> we're getting paid for this. Okay. And it was really touching because folks that are in trouble, a lot of times that are people that are coming to help them, they're looking for something to help them on their end because they want to help you to help themselves. Um, and the our caravan was just authentic and different. And I try not to cry every time I talk about it, which is why I don't talk about it a lot. So you don't like, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, and it's stayed with us for so long and it's meant so much to so many people. And it's not something that we're paid for or that we're, you know, looking to gain some kind of, uh, fame from we need these voices it's part of our culture it's part of our history and you're not going to erase it because we're going to be here we're going to continue to be here and we're going to continue to keep writing and speaking out and as long as i'm here i'm going to help get those yeah. words out yeah. how can we lose impossible <laughs> And I love that you wear your, your heart on your on your sleeve because you're so strong. <laughs> but it is trauma. It's trauma. There's people trying to humiliate us. They're using psychological warfare against us. And they're erasing our history. That is traumatizing. I'm so glad that we can come together in love, art, culture, and shatter all that. And shatter all that, right? Um, I do want to pause. Uh, we are going to introduce our board members. I do want State Representative Christine Morales to come up here. I was supposed to keep a secret. Uh, everybody, everybody's dying to know. They want everybody wants to get on a bus. <laughs> <laughs> like, when's the next bus? When's the next bus? When's the next bus? <laughs> Anybody in this room want to get on a bus? Oh my goodness! Oh my again, again, <laughs> again. Yeah. Austin, Texas, in April, to mark the 21st birthday of Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say, we will be coming to visit Dan Patrick. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> By the way, Dan, we're not applauding you. <laughs> Dan Patrick recently said that he wants to go after professors that teach critical race theory. Now, it's one thing. Skolden. Right? Skolden. <laughs> He's been bullying K through 12 students, administrators, parents, teachers, librarians, all of whom we love. However, critical race theory is a graduate level course. I wish graduate level courses were being snuck into kindergarten through eighth grade. Okay? It is not happening. But guess what? At the university level, at the graduate school level and the college level, they do teach critical race theory. It's a book. Dr. Delgado and Dr. Stefanik wrote the book. They've written about the Libro Traficantes. I can show you the book. It doesn't say, it doesn't say that we don't like white folks. I love white folks. <laughs> it doesn't say that we say all white folks are oppressors. It doesn't say that all Chicanas and Chicanos are oppressed. And in fact, if I heard a teacher saying that, I'd say, oh, mijo, mijo, no. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness, where did you see that? Oh, Dan Patrick told you that? No, don't teach that. 
<laughs> That's not how you teach. And if and if someone did teach that way, there are teachers, educators, specialists that will teach them that that's not the way to do it. So I've never seen anyone teach that way. That's not what's in these books. There's a book called Critical Race Theory. And here's the other news. The teachers at the college level who do teach critical race theory teach in the law department, history department, sociology, Mexican-American history, and African-American history. They're the professors that teach Mexican-American history and African-American history. So we will be going to Austin to get Dan Patrick to clarify. If he believes... Mexican-American history and African-American history are CRT. He's just got to answer that question. And he we, he has to answer that question. And if it's the right or wrong question, then we deal with it after that. But in April, we got a caravan going to Austin. We're opening an underground library in Austin, Texas. We're opening a chapter of Nuestra Palabra Latino writers having their say. And Austin's going to get sick of all the BIPOC writers flowing through yeah. and on the air after that, okay? Yeah. And one of our dear friends, this is my way to introduce now, the cultural capital we have in the room. Not only do we have professors, we got two tenured professors from Rice University in the room, Dr. Cohen and Dr. Rama. Who is who is involved with some of the leading philanthropy mm -hmm. organizations in the nation. Texas State Representative Christina Moraz is Chicana legacy. Yes. Her family. Yes. If you don't believe me, just go to the TBH Guadalupe Plaza. You can see where her family's contributions are marked. You can go to the wall that has Latina icons at the Yolanda Navarro Flores School. See the picture of her familia on that wall. Last legislative session, she proposed a bill, House Bill 1504, that will make, because it's going to pass next time, that will make Mexican-American history and African-American history, and I know you want to get Asian-American history, Tambien, and Indigenous Studies as well. Yes. We're working on developing those school uh, networks and disciplines to count for high school graduation. Welcome a leader who's of the people, for the people, and remembers the people. State Representative Cristina Morales. Wow, you know how to pack the house. <laughs> this is so amazing. I'm so inspired to be here because uh, I did uh, take Tony's challenge and, and, and work on HB 1504 to pass a bill to make sure that our students have access to ethnic studies, Mexican-American studies, African-American studies, and like you said, soon to be Asian-American studies and indigenous studies. And listen, it was so crazy that the CRT bill, the critical race theory bill, was right after we were trying to pass our uh, ethnic studies bill. But I have to give Tony so much credit because it was a conversation that we had that inspired me to work on this piece of legislation. So I can't take credit for it. This was you and meeting with uh, all of your folks, Mexican-American studies. We were on many Zoom calls and we made so much progress in a short amount of time with a very new legislator. So I was very proud. And this is gonna be my focus going into the next legislative session. But I have to tell you the reality and this isn't something that's fun to hear. The reality is there is 
attacks on our history, on us as people. There are attacks on our democracy. Mm -hmm. There are, they are actively making sure that we don't get out and vote. So I want you to think about this. Dan Huberty, you know Dan Huberty, State Representative Dan Huberty, a Republican who was just a champion for education and passed the big HB3, all the funding that we got over the last few years for education. He has retired. Why has he retired? Because the Trumpian people are taking the seats of the moderate Republicans. Mm -hmm. So we lost Dan Huberty, Larry Taylor, who is the education, who was the education chair in the Senate where I went and I tried to make sure that the Senate would pass the bill, retired. And literally speaking to him, he said, I'm retiring because Mays Middleton, a Trump endorsed Republican using his own millions of dollars to run for office. He said, I can't compete with that. So again, we're losing all of that experience and um, you know, just a long serving Senator who worked on education gone. So the challenge is gonna be that much harder this next legislative session. That's the honest truth. So it's up to us to not only talk about our history and promote ethnic studies, but it's also getting our young people out to vote. We have to go into the schools and we have to talk to young people. Thank goodness yesterday, I spoke to three classrooms at the High School for Law and Justice and tried to inspire these young folks and tell them, look, I wanna make sure you can learn about your own history because guess what? My history as a Latina, that is not an elective to me. <laughs> this should be part of what you can use as a credit to graduate. And they were like, yeah, okay. We need to make our young people understand because guess what? They are the ones who can make the biggest difference for us. Redistricting has caused our seats to be impossible to flip, Republican seats, impossible to flip at this point in the Texas House and in the Texas Senate. But there are real opportunities right now to flip any statewide seat, including governor. We have to go out and we have to help Bethel win. We have to. statewide level. Please, I implore you to do that if you want to see real change, because the redistricting will not allow us to flip any seats for at least 10 years. Mm -hmm. I'm in a very safe Democratic seat now. So gerrymandering works both ways. Democrats get more Democrats, Republicans get more Republicans. That's the way it's designed. Okay. But guess what? I lost a huge chunk of my Latino population. Mm -hmm. If I was not a Latina, would I care about the Latino issues? Maybe not, maybe not. So I'm at risk too of being replaced by somebody who's not a Latino in a Latino serving seat. This seat was designed to be represented by a Latino Latina. So <laughs> basically I wanted to tell you that. I also wanted you to know that I have a, a free concert coming up It'll be, uh, this is all part of my new district. So yay, we're here in my new district. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. 
I'm hosting for my birthday a, um, a free concert with my friends from the Fab Five. It's a Beatles band. So they'll be playing at the cool. Farmer's Market. I hope to see you all there. Uh, we'll be spreading the message. We're hoping that people will be visiting the market and then kind of listen in on what we're talking about in between songs. Uh, but I thought that's a great hook to bring people. It is a fundraiser, too, and we'll have raffle and silent auction things. Um, but the other thing that I'm doing, and I really would love for you to get involved and to have a, a presence there, is I'm hosting a college and career day in District 145. And let me tell you, I'm doing this because I want to make sure kids register to vote. Our young Latinos have a real opportunity to change things. And if we can get more of them to come out in a big county, in a big city like Houston, Harris County, we can impact things at the state level. And I cannot do my job when I'm in the minority and more Trump type people are in office. That is the reality, y'all. So please, I beg you to please get involved in uh, statewide races. Please come to my event, which will be on April the 8th. And then on April 30th, we're gonna have College and Career Day It'll be a great way to really talk to young folks and tell them about ethnic studies and why it's important for them to care about learning about their own history. And uh, we're actually, oh, just yesterday, I think we're going to raffle off a car that day. So one of those kids will walk away with a brand new car, right? And that's a way to get them to show up. And we had a donor say, okay, I'm going to work on getting you a car. So I need y'all to be there to have a presence and come out and help our ethnic studies bill pass. Thank you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. It's so awesome. Like, this is actually yes. my state rep, y'all. All okay. right. It's, uh, it's rare to have someone represent you that is, is such a strong advocate um, and, and homegrown in the barrio. Uh, Segundo Barrio, Magnolia, you know, Hardcore East Ender. And I know that she's helped in other ways too during the pandemic. Uh, my mother and I, who's here, and also Libro Traficante, mm -hmm. that joined us on the caravan um, just last year, helped coordinate a pilot project mm -hmm. to get our gente vaccinated, right? Because um, last year, if you remember, they were just coming out and, and there were huge disparities. Mm -hmm. We were not getting vaccinated uh, because we didn't have access. No one was reaching out to us. Um, so, so we did that in the midst of winter storm shooting. And that pilot led to other relationships with community leaders and nonprofit organizations to get people access to Memorial Hermit and other places. Um, so I'm very, very happy and honored. Um, I also know that my representative, the federal level has changed. Sylvia is no longer my no rep. No way. Yeah, Sylvia is no longer my rep. So these things are important. They have always redrawn the lines, yeah. right? They always redraw the lines. They always change the rules. And, and it's always based on, on fear of having to be accountable to us, mm -hmm. of having to recognize mm -hmm. us, of having to value us. 
all of these threads are connected. The funding for the arts gives us a louder microphone, allows us to be ourselves, to celebrate ourselves. And representation at the state level, at the federal level, gives us political power to institutionalize that, right? So these are all connected. And of all the events and things that I've done, and I, I, I'm an organizer um, at heart, it's cultural events that have brought the most people together. Politicians and even corporations are always struggling to get people together. And, and the largest events that I have seen with our people together talking about real issues and celebrating each other have been the book fairs. By far, like no other event that I've been to has been as uh, incredibly moving to see young kids and grandparents and, and students all working together. And, and, you know, we worked with Fur High School at the time and we had, you know, over a hundred volunteers to help us put these events together. You know, Liana said that uh, Nicolas thought we were getting paid <laughs> for this work, you know? We, we have not gotten paid, but that's why what Sixto is doing, you know, is so important because our work does have value and our, our uh, labor, you know, needs to be recognized as that. Mm -hmm. So with that, I also want to recognize, you know, that Nuestra Palabra, uh, Latino writers having their say, is the organization that has, you know, allowed all of this activity to flourish. And I, I came back from Austin in 1999, and it was my mom who said, uh, you need to go check out this new group. Good job, mom. <laughs> I was like, all right, I don't got much to do. <laughs> There, there was not a whole lot going on when I left Houston um, that celebrated us in this way. And so I went. I went to one of the readings at TBH, Talento Bilingue de Houston. And Tony got up and uh, he asked for volunteers. Said they needed help at the radio station. That they had a radio show and you know anyone could come. And that's, that's basically how I got started. I was really interested in media and, uh, and, and you know, the rest, the rest is history. That's right. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, opportunities for folks to volunteer and celebrate and learn, right? The skills that we learn by working on the radio show, by organizing events, by, you know, being producers and reaching out to writers and other groups um, to distributing flyers designing flyers, printing flyers. Mailing them. Mailing them. We had to mail these things back in the day. You know, this is before the internet really, really blew up. We had to struggle to get Tony to tweet and get on the Stick to the script. He was not a script. So the intergenerational work is so important. In both ways. In both ways, always. Yeah, it's bi-directional, it's circular. And that's, that's our hint there, right? That's how we learn, and it's how we pass things on, and it's how we stay relevant, too, you know, as we get older. Um, so with that, I just want to recognize um, the board members who are here with Nuestra Palabra, who have been very, very silent and just, like, 
watching all of this happen for so long, you know, um, they are very, very supportive and humble and, you know, just incredibly, you know, righteous for being here today. And, and of course, uh, I'll, I'll recognize Carolina. With the backbone and has supported Tony in this effort, you know, for all these years too. Um, who's also a board member, and I'm going to hand it to you to introduce the other two members. Um, but uh, come oh. up real quick. And just say hi. <laughs> she just wants to continue to stay silent. <laughs> the boards are the boss. So like, but but yeah, please, because you can say more about the board members. And uh, I just want to recognize them though and say thank you because. By you supporting Nuestra Palabra, we have been able to have a place to call home, to organize, to learn, to celebrate, and to grow, right? To build a real movement in the city of Houston that didn't exist before. Yeah. Gracias. Thank you, Hey, thanks for tuning in, everybody. This is Tony Diaz. I want to thank Roxana Guzman, who is our producer for our social platform broadcast. Also, Rodrigo Bravo, who mixes our show and audio for KPFT 90.1 FM. Mark Andre Pignon is our graphics designer. Ramos Ortiz is in charge of our search engine optimization. Uh, Leticia Lopez helps us with music. And, of course, you, dear listeners, are always supporting us. Thanks a lot, and we look forward to seeing you at the arts. <laughs>